episode of Lights Up. I'm Kate Hartdyke, one of the co-artistic directors for Putney Theatre Company. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined today by Patrick Cooper, known as Paddy, who is one third of the cast members for Ulster American. Paddy, hello. Hello, it's lovely to, it's lovely to be here, lovely to talk to you guys. Do, do indeed call me Paddy, it's what equity does. <laughs> Well, as long as they get it right. Yeah. <laughs> now, Paddy, you have been part of Putney Theatre Company for... 13 years now. But you have your own theatre company called Dark Unicorn, so we are very thrilled and privileged to have you back as one of the cast members for Ulster American. Oh, for those that don't know the play, this is the first time it's going to be performed in London, and it was performed in Edinburgh and Dublin previously. Right. So what can our audience expect from this production? Kate, the audience will get an evening not to be forgotten. This is a, a real intense roller coaster of an 80-minute play by David Ireland, who's a, a wonderful playwright. Um, viewers of Derry Girls will know him as uh, Claire's father. Um, Claire, of course, played by uh, Bridgerton's Nicola Coughlin. Of course, yes. Um, appears time and time and again throughout. Um, but it is the latest in a number of very challenging pieces that he has written from the perspective of the Ulster Unionist community. Um, people may remember Cypress Avenue at the Royal Court starring Stephen Ray. And it's with three characters. So we have yourself, who is yeah. Lee. Lee Carver, who is... Uh, it's hard to describe... Well, who the corollary would be for Lee, um, probably somebody like a slightly younger Rupert Gould, really, who's who's been a very successful playwright in the sort of more serious houses in London, right. regards himself as a very progressive, great champion of Irish writers and Irish plays. He is directing um, a play by Ruth Davenport, who is a young Northern Irish writer. But she refers to herself very much as being British. She's not... She does, yes. I'm very proud to be British. She is. Yes. And it does raise all those questions about how Ulster Unionist identity or Ulster Loyalist identity is regarded in Britain, particularly in, in very progressive Britain, where people are slightly embarrassed by it. Lee says in it, you know, well, they just sort of regard you as a bit of an embarrassing hangover of colonialism. <laughs> um, but this play is very important to her and it's very important to Lee, who I think sees it as the gateway to the national for him. And uh, so they've got an Oscar-winning Hollywood star, A-lister, uh, Jay Conway, um, to play the lead in it. And he wants to do it because... Like I'm assuming, like a lot of Hollywood stars, they want to come and do theatre to really show audiences their talent. Mm, yes. Do we think he's a good theatre actor? Oh, absolutely not. No, exactly. Uh, don't even hope. Yeah. <laughs> he comes with a lot of his own baggage. It is right from the off. We are hearing about his his views on uh, changes in Hollywood culture. We're hearing his. Oh, views what, hashtag on, me too. Hashtag me too. Um, though I think he would feel 
Or certainly he'd want to present himself as being such a feminist ally that he wouldn't feel able to say hashtag me too because it's not his phrase. So he's even more feminine than a feminist? Or even more feminist than a feminist? Oh, he certainly would love you to think so, yes. And he's also very keen to tell you about his programme with AA and the new enlightenment that he's found in his life. And this is part of it. And this is part of his reconnection with his Irish Catholic heritage. Which I'm assuming he has no connection with whatsoever because he's been living in LA and... but So he's very much one of those uh, romanticising his Irish roots. Romanticising his Irish roots, romanticising his progressiveness. And really what this play is about is when three people and their respective identities and the respective gloss that they've put on those identities to be acceptable in their industry come together in what is supposed to be a private meet-and-greet very relaxed afternoon, evening, before they start rehearsals, and begins to unravel. And what's the point? How does it start to unravel? Because you just set the scene beautifully saying, you know, you've got your theatre director, you've got your playwright, and you've got your Hollywood star, having an all very jolly little evening at the theatre director's flat to discuss the play that they're all going to be part of. So that sounds to me like a... Marvellous evening. It should be a lovely evening and it should therefore make for an extremely dull play. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't because before Ruth's arrival, Jay asks Lee, can I ask you a troubling question? Oh, uh uh-oh. Yeah, okay. And the question that is asked and the discussion that arises from it is intensely shocking. Ooh. Now, I don't want to give too no, much No, no spoiler alert, no but spoiler I'm, I'm hooked already thinking, what could it, it be, what could it be? It is intensely troubling, and it will make the audience desperately uncomfortable. Well, I've heard that people literally gasp out loud. Yes. Oh, yeah. members, and it is quite shocking from... And, and I guess that really is going to be yeah, it, manifested in the studio, where the seating capacity is 50, it is, and you're virtually sitting on our laps. It's very, Lucky it's us. very intimate. And it does mean that the audience are probably going to feel even more complicit in it than they would somewhere larger, like the Abbey or the Traverse, where it's been before. So the reaction will be quite big, I hope. But this is going to be interesting from your point of view as actors, Mm. because if you are obviously rehearsing in splendid isolation at the moment, Mm. you haven't got anyone watching your rehearsals. But you don't have that until your actual opening night. Well, what we don't have is what, what, what we do get is because we've all signed on to it. We've all looked at this and gone, this isn't actually a problematic play. This is a a play which explores problematic areas, if you like, to make that distinction. And certainly what I would say at this juncture is this is not the place to bring your seven-year-old grandchild to have their first taste of theatre. This is 18-plus entertainment. Yes, absolutely, because it contains violence. It contains very strong language and scenes of a violent nature and also some, some triggering topic. Right. But... It does so in a way which is handled very beautifully, very sensitively in the writing, while also being so pitch-darkly comic. And that's what we're having in rehearsals at the moment, is we're finding the comedy. What we haven't had yet is the audience gasping. Or the nervous laughter. Or, do you know what? The person who just can't take it and gets up and walks out. Well, all all of the above Mm. can happen. Yeah. Which... Is what's so brilliant Life about writing, it. like, exactly. You know, there's only one take, people. It's, you, you can't stop it and, and redo mm. it. So I think from an audience's point of view as well, when you when you have that, when it is quite shocking. Mm. And I, I love the word when you just said, and, you, and the audience will feel complicit. Yeah. Because it's like, 
you've obviously signed up to watch it. You, you've you've read the blurb, you've seen the flyer, you know that it contains violence and strong language. How do you think that will translate with people going, I, this is so uncomfortable for me to watch, but I can't stop watching? It's almost that sort of guilty pleasure, isn't it? It's, car, it's the car crash factor. It's, right. It's, it's people are so... I think because we all run away so easily from uncomfortable topics now, either because they're problematic or to preserve our own mental state. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing at all. But I think when you do sit and confront them head on, you find the areas in them that are most serious and that need to be taken seriously and need to be addressed. And you find the hilarity in not the problematic subject, but in the ham-fisted way that people can deal with it. Brilliant. And um, you see it in three different characters here. What's really interesting about it, and I think people will find a similar reaction, will have a similar reaction if they've watched Succession. Oh, hello. I love Succession. Where you realise within the first chunk that no one in this is a good person. And you spend the rest of the time thinking, well, who's the least bad that I can root for? <laughs> You're absolutely right, because you do with Succession. You yeah. watch it, and they're all foul. Mm. And there's not a single character in there that you just think, mm. oh, you'll be my mate. You know, we'd go down to the pub and have a drink. Yeah. No, they're all absolutely thoroughly despicable mm. human beings. So the fates that happen to them, you don't really care about them as an individual, but it still makes it really compelling to watch. Exactly. Because, as you rightly say, it's the car crash moment. Everyone in this has a variety of very positive characteristics in their nature. And every one of them has a flaw that is so painful to watch being unveiled and so wince-inducing oh, that you do think, oh, gosh, who, how am I supposed to come out oh, and go, you know, root for this person there? But I think you, do, you, you find your loyalties shifting. It's very fast-paced. And, and you do get the catharsis of the laughter a lot of the way through it. But it's not switch your brain off theatre. It's not light and fluffy end of the pier, sort of early autumn stuff. <laughs> it's, um, but the, it's not depressing. It's not dark. It, it is dark. It's but very it's dark. But it's funny. But it's funny. And it that's, is, that's the is, difference. It is, it is absolutely, we have laughed so much at things we never thought we would laugh at. Purely because of it's the reaction. The comedy is in the reaction. Yes. And um, we've got some great people involved with it. Um, so with we have Jay is being played by Nathan Cable. Nathan Cable. Who is a long-standing member of Putney Theatre yeah, Company. Such shows as The Effect. And recently, most recently in School for Scandal. And then we have a, a new member. Oh, I can't commend this newcomer enough. Imogen Reeve Tucker. She hasn't been acting for a little while. She was her college rep, I believe, at Oxford University Drama Society. She um, has performed in a variety of places before, and she just brings to it uh, uh, an earthiness and a humanity to that character, um, and some and a real bit of steel in there. But her her comedy chops are, are fantastic, and I have to say, as somebody who spent his teens in Northern Ireland, her Northern Irish accent is coming on leaps and bounds. Is it? Because it's mm. tricky, isn't it? It's very tricky, yeah. Particularly for. An English person to do it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that it's it's tricky. It's tricky to do it well. It is. Because a lot of people think, oh, I can do a Northern Ireland accent. and, yeah. and It's not it's, all just high and eyebrow and kai. No, yeah. high use. And it's squeaky bum time when people do it. And there's nothing worse watching mm. a play when people haven't nailed the accent. Mm. Because you spend your whole time going, I'm sorry, what, what, what did yeah. you just say? <laughs> what? Whether that be regional theatre like we are, or, or mm. it be at the National. Mm. You know, it's it's getting it right is important. So I'm thrilled that... 
And she's the, doing a fantastic job. I'd expect nothing less, obviously. She is, she's wonderful. She's wonderful to work with. She brings great ideas into the rehearsal room. And Stuart Watson, our director, has been sort of taking all of those and putting them into the melting pot and seeing what comes out, really. So I'm very excited to see it. And mm. so for listeners, it runs in our studio space from the 4th to the 8th of October, starting at 7.45pm. And it's 80 minutes, did you say? I think it'll be 80 to 90, yeah. Is that... So not straight through? It is straight through. Oh, it is straight through. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm sure if we ask nicely, uh, the bar will be kept open afterwards for you to get something to steady your nerves. My darling, I can can honestly say, hand on my heart, the bar will be open. This is not a play you can break. This is not a play you can put a break in. It is straight in from second one. There is no let up. So that's a bit of a gear change from Miss Summer Night's Dream, isn't it, really? It is a little <laughs> bit, yeah. It is. I mean, oh dear. Nevertheless, still lots of, lots of magic. Lots of magical theatre. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. This is a real Putney Theatre Company production. Do share the podcast with your friends and take a look at our website, searching online for the Putney Theatre Company. So that's it for now. See you next time. <laughs>